Welcome to Rooting For You, a seasonal gardening podcast for non-experts. I'm Tess and I know nothing. And I'm Elise and I know some things. Each week we'll chat about one gardening topic and then discuss the effort reward payoff by asking, is the juice worth the squeeze? Just a heads up, there might be a bit of swearing in this episode. You've been warned. I love beetroots, roasted, preserved in burgers, in smoothies. Elise has a delicious beetroot and ricotta pasta recipe. They are fab. I also think they look spectacular in all their red and purple glory. We've only done one rooting veggie on the podcast before, carrots, which from memory, I'm pretty sure I got a wooden spoon from me. So I'm just hoping that beetroots won't suffer the same fate today. But let's see. Now, Elise... On a previous episode, you swore black and blue that we'd already done a beetroot episode. Does this feel like take one or take two for you? <laughs> well, clearly I'm quite passionate about the beetroot if I thought we'd already uh, discussed it. So, look, I'm glad that now anyone listening to that episode, I'll be right. And perhaps it means that beetroot's overdue, overdue for an episode. I, I think that actually is what it says because <laughs> I really do think they're a great beginner crop. So mm. we are overdue. Okay, fabulous. Should we get stuck into it? I reckon. Have you grown beetroots before? I've got beetroots in the garden right now. Oh. I put them in. A while back, I it was kind of like a thing. It was a mid-season situation and I pulled a whole bunch of stuff out mm. and I put random stuff in. So mm. I've got beetroots in. Mm-hmm. They aren't flourishing. Do we have shooty uppies? We have shooty uppies. Oh, good. I think that mostly the problem is that there's a whole bunch of shade, but I, I, let's find out. Let's get into it and then we can <laughs> assess. <laughs> So if you're in a warmer part of the world, you can actually grow beetroot all year round, which is Ooh, like pretty Melbourne, handy. Melbourne, warmer part of the world? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can grow it. They say in the cooler areas you should only plant it in spring or summer. Mm-hmm. I reckon like, I reckon I've done an early autumn planting before and probably got away with it. Okay. So they look, they're pretty versatile. You know, when I talk about things like tomatoes that I'm so hell-bent on has this tiny window, with beetroot we've – happily got six months of the year that we can get them in oh nice one but summer is a really good time to plant them so fabulous hence why we're talking about it today what are we going from a seed or a seedling now with root veggies it's usually recommended to go from seed we talked about this with the radishes and with the carrots but i often container grow my beetroots you know, in a in a pun of myself, and then plant them out. Yeah, okay. And I've actually had heaps of success with that. I've never found it to be a problem. So I'm going to lock in seed or seedling, whatever mm-hmm. tickles your fancy. And locking like, and if you are growing from seed at home, you can direct sow or you can container grow. Yeah, yeah. Now the fun part about picking seeds is there are lots of fun beetroot varieties. Mm. Now, even when you talked about the colours at the start, there are actually a lot more colours than even that that you can grow from seed. There's a yellow and a golden and orange, a few Beautiful. different colours. The golden beetroot, that's the actual name, is pretty commonly available in seed. I've grown that a lot. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend. Now there's one that I'm absolutely going to butcher the pronunciation of. A chinoga. I think it's an Italian <laughs> it's word. <laughs> well, Tess should be able to pronounce it better than me if it is Italian. C H I O G G I A. I'd say that a CH in Italian is like a K, like a Chianti. Oh, like so a it's like chinoga. a Chiagia? Chi- <laughs> 
That sounds more Italian than what you said. Slightly different to what I said, yeah. Um, Was it G-I-A at the end, didn't you say? Yeah, yeah. 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 Chiagia. (laughs) I bet you were both offensively wrong. But look, now you Similar to the Chianti. Yeah. I'm... Look, it... (laughs) The Chianti has a cracking wine. Exactly. And I'm sure next door at Kioga, they do a cracking beetroot. (laughs) Now, this actually is a cracking beetroot. It's one of the best looking veggies going around, I reckon. It is a beetroot, but inside, when you cut it, like down the middle, it is actually got white and bright pink circles in it. Oh, like rings. I think I've seen it. Yeah, rings. It's like, it's such an iconic like heirloom veggie that they use because it's like so pretty so even just to see that and like grow that is so much fun Mm. i've grown them before they're just as easy as the other beetroots so would highly recommend can you imagine if you got them in early summer which is Mm. probably too late at this stage let me know Mm. having like a roasted chiagia beetroot medley at christmas it'd be so beautiful (laughs) so beautiful i mean for next year for next year you can, and then also having some of the golden ones in there, and then you can have some of like the really dark purple ones called the bull's blood. Love it. So many options. If you want a classic beetroot, like what you would buy at the shops, it's a globe beetroot. Is the globe, variety okay. you're going to be looking for? Are they different in color and in flavor, or just yeah? Okay, both. I find the golden ones and the kiaga to be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to be like milder in flavor, like a bit sweeter. Okay. That's nice. Actually, I actually like quite like them. Yeah. yeah. The flavor is really good. So you've got the color variation and you've got the flavor variation. So I think, you know, you know how much I'm a fan of this, but I'm a very keen on some different varieties here. Yeah. And if you're growing from seed, it's just as easy as, you know, like there's no, there's no point not. Mm. And beetroot seeds if you've ever seen them, well, you will have because you planted some, they're quite large. They're like – Oh, no, I grew up from seedling. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Well, for everyone listening, they are quite large. They're like stars. They're like 3D stars. Ah. They look like a silver beet seed, if you know what – No. Anyway, (laughs) you know my theory on this, which I still don't know if it's true, but I just feel like bigger seeds are just easier to grow from Mm. seed. So that also ticks some boxes. So get some fun varieties. Get them in. Either direct sale or container grow, either way. If you're container growing, mm. is it are they like happy to be transplanted or should you grow it in one of the um, – the? Oh, no. No, just grow them in punnet, heaps of them and then transplant them. What's the word I'm looking for? The biodegradable pots. The biodegradable pots. They've got a name. I can't remember. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Oh, I mean, look, ideally maybe you'd say they're better in the biodegradable pots. But also you're going to grow heaps. Well, so, you're going to grow heaps. So, yeah. like, yeah, you're not going to have nah. – Like, it, you know, when we say it for a zucchini, no it makes sense because you're yeah. only growing two zucchinis. But if you're growing 20 beetroots, you're not going to be yeah. loading up. If you're going to do that, just direct so. So, yeah, being a root, they often don't like the transplant. But for some reason I find beetroots are the one root that are a little bit less fussy. Okay. Again, great for a beginner. Go buy a punnet, plant some seeds, container grow, do whatever you need to do. Direct so. You're going to be planting them 10 centimetres apart. Mm-hmm. So if you've container grow them or you've bought seedlings, then just space them out to be that. And for a seedling punted at the nursery, like there's a lot of beetroots in it. Yeah. Like each And they're hard to get apart. They are hard to get apart. So you want to really soak them and carefully move them apart. But I feel like there'd be at least I don't know, like at least thirty in that like little four dollar punnet. Yeah, there are lots. It's pretty good pretty good bang for buck on the seedling as well. 
So choose your own adventure if you want a seed or a seedling. Mm-hmm. What kind of spot do we need in the garden? Full sun or can it have a little bit of shade? Well, this is another reason why beetroots are fabulous and I can't believe we hadn't done an episode for two <laughs> years, is they can be grown in full sun, but they're very happy in part shade or with dappled light. Okay. So this is not like full shade, full shade. Yeah, yeah. But as far as edible crops go, it's quite happy with some decent shade. Nice. So that really helps. Like where I grow it, I have like my seedling shelves on top of it and they grow the beetroots underneath. And like they would get a lot of shade, but they do really well. Hmm. So if there's a shady spot, try some beetroots in it. You can grow them in pots. Yes. I've never done it. Probably wouldn't highly recommend it because you're not going to get many and you need it needs to be quite deep. Oh, okay. So I was going to ask that. Mm. What kind of – if you're getting a pot, how kind oh, of – At least 30 centimetres. Yeah, okay. Because there's like those ones that are good for salad that are yeah. relatively shallow. Yeah, no, not, not that. those. We not. need something more substantial than that. Yeah, because you've got to have the beetroot under the soil and then it's got that taproot. Mm. You know, that like long – thing on the end yes yes. yeah so look we don't need to be as long as what we need for carrots but it's not yeah it's not a little windowsill box either and then 10 centimeters apart 10 centimeters apart yep nice one what i think is actually quite fun with beetroots for our small space gardeners or anyone really looking to maximize is because the beetroot has one single root i mean it is a root right that we're growing Mm. that goes down deep it doesn't need the soil at the top it doesn't access the nutrients in the top of the garden bed it only accesses the nutrients in the bottom of the garden bed you compare this with something like lettuces that have really shallow roots they're only utilizing the soil at the top of the garden bed so what you can do is you can interplant lettuces and beetroots oh yeah and you love can that. do it yeah it's really handy you can do it offensively close together because they're not competing with each other because the whole reason we space out plants is often to give the roots the space they need and the mm. nutrients they need. But when we have the lettuces and the beetroots literally on top of each other, they're not really competing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're accessing different levels. The other good thing about this is by planting them so close together and the lettuces being kind of bushy, it's almost like a living mulch. So beetroots oh. really like to stay moist, which you know we'll get to. But by having the lettuces covering the soil, it stops – the beetroot's drying out. Yeah. And then in between, like the beetroot leaves as well will be kind of covering some of the soil for the lettuces. So they do work quite synergistically in a small space, meaning not only do you get more food, but they actually help each other's growing. Yeah. Love Mm. that. Yeah. So I think like a lot of people listening, you know, a small garden bed with some lettuces and beetroot seem really achievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Mm. great. Yeah. Now, of course, if you're going to do this – you have a lot of plants in a small space. you really got to keep it moist, mm. like non-negotiable. We've talked about lettuces hate drying out. It's going to make them bolt, which means they're going to go to seed and become bitter and gross. With the beetroots, if they dry out, they become really woody. You know, like mm-hmm. you want a beetroot to be like really juicy and moist yeah. inside. Like if you restrict the water, it's not that, mm. which, you know, makes total sense. So just keep, regardless of how you're growing beetroots, but just keep that water up. We've spoken about veggie varieties before that have like a big underground root, so mm. carrots, garlic, that type of thing, and mm. having a really friable soil. Mm. I imagine like the same thing principles apply here. Yes, 
Exactly, exactly. If you don't have that loose, really rich soil and it's dense in clay, you're just not going to get a big beetroot. Yeah. So that's so, so, so important with all root vegetables, exactly all the ones you listed, but also with beetroot. So if you're growing it in a raised garden bed, you know, often it is looser and more friable, but if you're growing it in the ground, really work that soil Mm. before you plant it, probably more so than most other things really. Mm -hmm. Uh, add lots and lots of compost. They're quite like chicken shit. So if you get some rotted manure or something like that that you can work into the soil, that's going to go a long way as well. Nice one. Yeah. So, look, you know, broken record. But, yes, get your soil good, particularly for this crop. Mm-hmm. So we've spoken about what we're growing mm. and where we're growing it. What do we need to worry about in terms of maintenance? Well, very little actually oh that's good exactly the slugs and snails like their little shitty uppy leaves look i think if they were starving they would but honestly they don't pay it anywhere near as much of attention as they would for my cucumbers my zucchinis or something it's they're pretty low maintenance i wouldn't say just let them fend for themselves especially at the moment when slugs and snails are kind of going gangbusters but having said that Growing it in summer, growing beetroots in summer instead of spring, we might actually be past mm. the slugs and snails yeah, yeah. part. So, no, there's not much. You do really need to keep the seed or the seedlings moist when they're young. Like if you let them dry out for a day, you'll kill them. But this is not particular for beetroot. This is particular for any crop we're starting. Yeah. I suppose the reason I'm mentioning it now is it's not often we are actually starting a crop in summer Mm. so with that really hot weather it's obviously harder to keep it moist but once you get it kind of over that like threshold once it's more established it's it's going to be fine okay there's pretty much no pests that particularly target beetroot i can't think of any diseases that are particularly prone to beetroot Mm. i mean that's nice isn't it it is good but you want to keep them moist so you want to keep keep the water up okay i mean look there's not a veggie that I'm going to say, <laughs> let the fig dry yeah. out, it's fine. I suppose with beetroot, if you let it dry out, it's just going to be, it's still going to be a beetroot. It's just not going to be as nice as of a beetroot. Yeah, okay. Whereas other crops, you might actually kill the whole thing. So I suppose if there was a crop to dry out, maybe a root vegetable no, but don't, is better. Don't just don't, yeah. just don't, yeah. I always ask this and I know you say mm. Build your soil and you won't need to worry about it. But if you are going to give a little extra nutrients, what are we thinking? When we plant them, when they're little seedlings, a seaweed emulsion or a worm tea Mm -hmm. is a really nice thing to feed them, to get them going. But you've got to be really careful with root crops that a lot of fertilizers are really high in nitrogen. And what can happen is that encourages all this top leafy growth on the beetroot top. At the expense of the root. Yes. So I definitely don't want any high nitrogen fertilizers, which any kind of all-purpose fertilizer is always going to be very high in nitrogen. So I definitely don't want that used when we're getting into peak beetroot production time. So look, you said it for me, but have your soil be really good from the start and make sure you haven't – and just don't overdo it on the nitrogen fertilizer. Yeah. And if you're – not really sure what we're talking about in terms of the mm. nitrogen because we don't normally get this technical. That's true. We have our episode, which was 
uh, season four, episode seven, which is a beginner's guide to the NPKs. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, I'm sure most people listening kind of know what we're talking about here, but when we're growing a root vegetable, obviously it's the root that we're interested in. We're in the root game, but there will be quite a leafy top, like a a shooty uppy. Mm. And we want to make sure that that plant focuses on the root game and not the leaf game. The fun thing, though, is it's not all lost because you can eat the beetroot leaves. Well, I was going to ask. (laughs) I think this is why I think we've done an episode on it because I have mentioned this on the podcast before. (laughs) That's where this is going from. So the beetroot leaves, I don't know if it's a relation to silver beet, but I'm going to suggest it is because the seeds are very similar. and They kind of look similar as well. Yeah, well, they do. Yeah, Yeah. And like you cook them and eat them like you would silver beet. Do you ever eat them raw, like in a salad, or you always like saute them up? Um, I always cook them, but if they were young enough, you could probably eat yeah, them Yeah, okay. To be honest, I would call them the poor man's silver beet. Like I actually like silver beet more than mm. I like beetroot leaves. So I wouldn't be growing beetroot for their leaves. But mm. the fact that we get two harvests out of the same crop is a big advantage. So I'll definitely cook them up. Yeah. But they're probably – they're just not as like – they don't have those like nice juicy stems that silver beet have that I quite like. Mm. But, I mean, they're incredibly nutritious. Like get yeah, them in okay. you. So, and you can harvest the leaves without harvesting the root. So say we just want a few greens for our stir fry tonight. Like don't give the whole thing a haircut because obviously mm. it needs the top. But you can take, I don't know, like a quarter of the leaves yeah, okay. and have them for dinner and it'll probably grow more. It'll be fine. Okay, great. Yeah. Are we ready to talk about harvesting? I think we are. We've got them in. We've done sweet nothing (laughs) for 10 to 12 weeks, depending on the weather. yep. And then we're at harvest time. Now, what's another great thing about beetroot is when they start to grow, you can actually see the top of the beetroot on the top of the soil, which isn't a Mm. bad thing. That kind of happens with radishes as well. Exactly, exactly. Now, some things we don't want that to happen. Like we never want to see a potato on the soil, <laughs> on the top, for example. But with beetroots, that's totally fine. You can see them. And you can actually see kind of how big they are getting mm. from that top bit. Yep. So you can kind of judge it from that. Now, you can harvest them at whatever point you like. You can harvest them when they're quite small. And this is baby beetroots, like what you would buy, you oh, know, yeah, a bunch cute. of baby beetroots if you're interested. Then you can let them get bigger. I would say at a point they're going to get too big and kind of lose flavour, like all crops, right? Yeah, when they, get, they become a bit woody when they, they're bigger. Yeah. Exactly right. So you harvest them at whatever point you like and they're very, very flexible on this. It's not like a lot of crops that if you harvested them young, they need to ripen and they'd be horrible or, you know, like a zucchini the day it's ready. It's like, hey, pick me today, cook me today. Like mm. a beetroot's like, I don't know, give it a – it can just happily hang out. Yeah, that's good. In the soil. And if you plant them at the end of summer and then they are kind of in the ground come early winter, they're not going to grow any bigger over winter. So this can be a good way to kind of manage your food from the garden all year round because once winter comes, it's like they're frozen at that point. So you can just leave them in the garden until you want to harvest them. You don't have to worry about them getting too big and getting woody. So they're just available when you want them. They're not demanding like other crops, which is, you know, a big bonus for me. Yeah, huge bonus. Mm. So I'd actually probably, if 
if all things were perfect, I would be more inclined to plant beetroot at the end of summer rather than late spring, early summer, like what we're talking about now. Mm. And when you're harvesting, are you just grabbing all the shitty uppies and just giving it a good yank? Giving it a good yank. Okay. Yeah. If your soil is all nice and friable and delicious, it should just yank out mm-hmm. really easily. If if it's really dry, the soil, that might make it harder. So give it a water first. And then, yeah, just pull all the shooty uppies and give it a yank and bob's your uncle. If you were pulling them all out in one mm. big glut, say you wanted to get something in yeah. come autumn, yeah. how do you? what's the best way to store them? I would say just the same as if you'd bought them. Yeah, like, okay. In the fridge. Yep. Uh, I would say they would stay fresher with their leaves on, but maybe they wouldn't because the leaves are sucking out moisture from the bottom. I'm not sure. Google it. But you're not going to be able to have them for months. This is mm. not a pumpkin or a potato no, situation. Okay. Yeah, we're going to have to use it. So in that case, you know, you might be more inclined to like try and preserve them. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to go with the glut. So the big question Is the juice worth the squeeze? This is where we look at the effort-reward ratio of today's topic. The categories are superstar, high effort, high reward. Completing this will make you feel like an absolute rock star. Best on ground, low effort, high reward. Quick wins and fill-ins, low effort, low reward. And finally, the wooden spoon, high effort, but not much reward. Going to the squeezy juice, I've actually surprised myself during this conversation with how many benefits this crop has. <laughs> so my assessment might be a little easy to guess, but Tess, what are you thinking? So the beetroots that I've got in haven't, mm. I don't think they've worked. Mm. I'm going to say the same at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that if you've got the conditions right, of you're putting them in the right time, you're putting them in the right spot, you've got your friable soil, I reckon it's the best on ground. I reckon it's the best on ground too. And really, given we've got at least half the year we can plant them and an offensive array of spots in the garden we can plant them because they are a crop that can handle different light levels. Yeah, how good's that? Pretty much the only mistake you could make is planting them when you did. <laughs> I think that is the only mistake. I think I made the one mistake. The one mistake. Because what I really want to do now is pull them out and put them in, but that probably isn't a great shout if, like, based on our crop rotation rules. Usually I would 100% agree with you, but if these haven't really got legs, they haven't really sucked all the nutrients. They haven't sucked the nutrients yet. Mm. And there's not like, it's not like tomatoes or potatoes where there's like a soil borne fungus that, like, or a soil borne disease that just loves the beetroot. So, look. I'm going to say we can ignore crop rotation and you can pull them out and whack them back in. Love it. Mm. So best on ground for the old beetroot? I think best on ground for the old beetroot. I would say out of all the roots, and clearly we can tell that we're not the hugest fans of them given this is only the third one we've done, but, yeah, no, they're they're a good one. And they're not a cheap veggie to buy either. Yeah. So I think that also plays into – what I really like, which is compared to the carrots because Mm. I really thought you could just pull up your whole bed for Mm. one dinner Mm. with the carrots. Mm. Often with beetroots, you're only using one or two. Yeah, you're not using a huge amount. You're right. So it kind of will go a lot longer. Um, And I think, look, if if you're growing lettuces already – you know, it seems yeah. almost like a no-brainer just to whack some beetroots. I really like between. that idea. Yeah, I mean, I reckon literally, if you're listening to this and you've got a lettuce patch, 
go and get some seeds and just whack them in between. And yeah, if they come up, brilliant. Mm. If they don't, you haven't lost anything because that the space is already given to the lettuces. Give it a go. Let us know it. what you think of yeah. that. <laughs> Rooting for You is hosted by Elise and Tess. Artwork by Lauren Janine. You can find us on Instagram at rootingforyoupod or email rootingforyou at elisealexandra.com. And remember, we are rooting for you.